Hello, I'm Anna Bogutska. And I'm Clarice Lockery. And this is the Next Supremes, an American Horror Story Rewatch podcast. In this episode, Ethel gets some devastating news, and we find out about the legend of Edward Mordrake. <laughs> Can you tell I'm excited? You're so pumped. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna prod you a little bit in this episode and just go off on Edward Mordrake. <laughs> oh, I oh, Edward. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, sorry, I'm too excited. <laughs> I cannot believe, I think this might be a first in the, I don't know how many episodes we've done. We've done over over 20, at least. This is the first time that you giggled first. Because <laughs> <laughs> I just love, I just, I stan, I stan Edward Mordrake. <laughs> Today's episode is the first of a two-parter, all about Clarice's apocryphal bay, Edward Mordrake. <laughs> this First parter was written by James Wong and directed by Michael Upendahl, both of whom have collaborated with AHS before. And it's very unoriginally titled Edward Mordrake Part 1. The second part is just titled Part 2. That's yeah, much it. and there's a to be continued. <laughs> Which is, the f- is this the first time? No, we've had that before, no, right? No, it's not the first time. Okay. So before we get into Edward himself... Shall we go through any all the other bits that happened in the episode before we actually find out about him? Yeah, let's end with Edward Mordrake. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So let's start with Ethel. She gets diagnosed and told that she only has a few months to live. And it's... Well, I guess my question to you is, like, what did you make of that scene and specifically her interaction with the doctor? I I really like this scene. <laughs> yeah. It's um it's a really beautiful character moment mm-hmm. between this doctor who it's interesting kind of from our perspective, um, I guess like the ableist perspective, mm-hmm. like you just just like, Oh, he's just a doctor. He's doing his doctor job. Mm-hmm. But when she gets the news she she has a breakdown and she says you know, I'm not crying because, you know, I've just said I have terminal cirrhosis of the liver. I'm crying because you're the first doctor to treat me with respect. And it's just like, mm. I don't know, it, it's interesting. It's one of those great moments where you can instantly kind of sketch in the entire rest of her life mm-hmm. to be like, oh, this is, you know, there's a history there. Things have happened. And and it isn't it so sad that it's like the last doctor she ever meets is mm-hmm. is the one that's kind to her. Mm-hmm. No, I I I completely agree, and it's it's very tragic because she she even talks like about 
I would have lived my life differently if I if I had been treated humanely earlier. Which is I thought I thought was a very profound moment. And again, one of those beautiful moments that occasionally happens in AHS and they kind of catch you off guard. It does happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know, from a very uh humane beautiful character scene shall we move on to the introduction of two new characters into freak show dr sylvester mansfield and his assistant maggie who are played by dennis o'hare and emma roberts and we meet them in one of your favorite places in the world clarice maybe maybe why did I want to say? Because that's weird if it was one of my favorite. But it's a place I'm excited to talk about. <laughs> we'll just say that. Okay. It's well, it's the American Morbidity Museum, which now sounds weird. I'm like, I'm so excited to talk about this. Um, uh, shall I save this because it's a historical, insensitive historical reference? Okay. Well, I guess it's not because it's a contemporary place. Explained. I've never been to this place. What is it? It's so this the American Morbidity Museum mm-hmm. in this episode is based on a real place called the the Mütter Museum in Philadelphia, which is it's a a medical museum basically, and like there are many around the world. There's I've been to ones in London, in Edinburgh. <laughs> I've been to a lot of medical museum. Maybe maybe I shouldn't say that. I've been to a lot of medical museums. Um, but what specifically connects this to American Horror Story is um two items that they have on display there. Um, or two exhibits um one of them is the oh gosh i don't know what it's it's called i should have looked this up it's the the fetus or the the very young baby skeleton where it's the two skeletons with the the skull fused together mm-hmm. so um i guess they were conjoined twins uh which features in the opening credits of american horror story freak show that is a real exhibit that i have seen with my own two eyes (laughs) (laughs) um and also in this scene they mention chang and eng bunker who were real life famous conjoined twins who uh were born in 1811 in thailand came to america in 1829 toured for a while spoke then they kind of got over that and decided to marry some sisters and buy adjacent farms in North Carolina and <laughs> and then when they died in 1874 the college of physicians um conducted an autopsy mm-hmm. and then the Mutant Museum has both a plaster death cast of their torsos and also their conjoined liver, which is what is referenced in this episode, is the conjoined liver of Cheng and Mbunker, um, which I have seen with my two... This is not interesting, but... <laughs> I find it fascinating. But it was just very exciting to me because I... So I went to this museum mm-hmm. knowing it was the museum that they based this seed off of 
So, so you I went- walked in being like, I'm in American Horror Story. Oh my God. <laughs> so you went because of American Horror yeah. Story. Oh, I love that. I specifically went because um, a person who shall not be named told me <laughs> uh, that this was the museum that they based the scene off. And I was like, well, we have to go now. Oh so um, yeah, we went and, and like, probably was very weird for everyone else to see a person see a skeleton of conjoined little conjoined skeleton and to see a person get visibly excited by it because i recognized it from the opening sequence of american horror story and i was like it's the same skeleton and then i went to the gift shop and i bought a hoodie that has the skeleton on it because for some reason at the Mütter Museum, you can buy a hoodie that has a little conjoined skeleton, two skeletons on it. <laughs> I love it. Um, it seems really inappropriate. And now sometimes I wear it out and it's like, is it weird that I'm wearing like, this is just a, a picture of a, but it's in a nice, like old timey Victorian design. Mm-hmm. But also it's, it's a skeleton, <laughs> a real skeleton. But I keep wearing it. I think that sounds lovely. Also, I love like medical illustrations, um, especially from that era. They are very, very beautiful. Yeah, they have lots of those. And what I really, they had, um, it's really interesting. They had a wall of skulls, but the point of it, it was um, a guy who had essentially collected all these skulls to prove that phrenology was bullshit and racist because mm-hmm. he was like look skulls just vary uh within i think they're all skulls from central and western europe mm-hmm. and he was like look all these skulls are different you're full of shit racist. <laughs> <laughs> uh so that was good. really cool i was like oh cool it's a wall of skulls but for a good cause <laughs> um yeah, it's a it was it's a cool museum. If anyone is in Philadelphia, um, once you're done all the Hamilton stuff, <laughs> go to go to that. And I also went to the church from a sixth sense. But oh. there was a wedding, so I couldn't go inside. But I saw the outside of the church from a sixth sense. <laughs> I didn't realize that was in Philadelphia. Well, yeah, because everything from his movies is M Night Shyamalan. Oh, it's all it's all Phil- right, it's all right. Philadelphia. It's like that's the meme of the guy looking at the moon. <laughs> <laughs> it's always been Philadelphia, <laughs> but yeah, all of his every single one of his movies is set there. Um, oh, I'm such a dum dum. I never even like had that connection because I think I saw his biggest films when they were first out in cinemas and stuff so and i i mean i still don't fully understand places i can't really recognize places that well (laughs) because i have no sense of direction so i'm not actually that surprised at myself that i would not put those two together well it's often not super recognizable locations the one the big one is the train station. So I've been to the train station from The Happening. It's been a bunch of his movies, but I ba- mostly remember it in The Happening because mm-hmm. they're having that argument and it was Zoe Deschanel and she's like, out of it. 
because <laughs> she's not present for that movie. Oh, no. <laughs> she Who is, is? Off. Her brain is thinking about hula hooping. <laughs> <laughs> but after that um, digression to Philadelphia. Sorry. Uh, no, no need to apologize. Shall uh-huh. I circle it back? <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I can circle it back for you. After that di- that flying visit to Philadelphia, what did you make of the new Dennis O'Hare and Emma Roberts characters? Dennis O'Hare, love that for him. Mm-hmm. Great character. Like he suits kind of doing that that slightly creepy, but also like really fiercely intelligent kind of character. Mm-hmm. Where. Like, he feels like he's a great adversary because you, you can't quite ever figure out his plan. Um, Emma Roberts, this is not my favorite character of hers because she doesn't really do anything. She's just, like, around. Yeah, also, she's, it's like, it's, it's a relatively, like, uh, not meek. Meek is not the right word, but it's a subdued character. And I think after she... She's so charismatic when she's allowed to go very, very high. Like when she's playing full bitch, when she's allowed to, you know, be very explosive. She's very good at that. And I think like when she when she doesn't get the space to do that, she's not as memorable. Because this is the thing, and it it is no comment on any of these persons, these people's personalities. But like, there are some actors that are just really good at playing like the mega bitch mm-hmm. or the mega asshole mm-hmm. jerk, and and it's it's something to do with the energy levels that they're bringing into a a character. Because the other person I always think of is Emma Watson in Bling Ring, mm-hmm. because she's. <laughs> there's something about the way that she delivers sentences that they're always very sharp it, like it's just the the way that she speaks it's mm-hmm. like the sentences are hard <laughs> does that make sense yeah and and so when she's playing a character like the one she did in bling ring it's so good because it's really easy to to take that tone and turn it into like LA like bitchy spoiled girl but then like when she was trying to play Belle in Beauty and the Beast I'm sorry mm-hmm. I'm back to how much I hate Beauty and the Beast <laughs> I know this has come up before um like she felt really miscast in that because like she was going too hard at every sentence <laughs> and I was like Belle just seems really angry all the time and it's and it's nothing to her do with her being like a bad actor. She was delivering the lines wrong. It's just something about something about her tone. Like I don't know. Does that sound? I'm just trying. I'm not trying to be. A, I'm no, trying, I'm no, trying to I, say anything negative about Emma Watson. Like she's good. I just she's so good in the Blake rig. And and it's the same thing with Emma Roberts. She's so good when she's playing these kinds of bitchy characters. And I, it's something to do with their their yeah their their voice i think i it's the same thing that i like about um it's there are very few actors i think who can play unlikable convincingly and also be charismatic and vulnerable on screen like very few people can do both jessica lang is one of those few people right mm-hmm uh, and without being 
at all disparaging about anyone's acting abilities. It also has to do with, I think, off-screen personas and our off-screen ideas about those people. And they, they like it's you cannot unlink them. And I think especially if the first splashy role that you have links you automatically to a very particular type of performance like happened with Emma Roberts <laughs> with Madison Montgomery <laughs> yes yeah whether it's with the bling ring like sometimes the opposite also works like she Emma Watson is so good because it is the polar opposite of the the way that people perceive her so when we think Emma Watson we think more like goody two shoes like hashtag strong female character books on the subway <laughs> yeah you know what i mean like the hermione yeah. the the bell like bookish well-meaning like all-round good girl and you see her play her role in the bling ring and it's like it's whiplash but it works because she's so good and it kind of goes completely against our public perception of her don't know the woman don't know anything about her like personally i'm only talking about screen personas and star personas so mm. going back to this like something like maggie emma's a character in freak show it's kind of not given it's not really giving us any personality whether it's emma roberts as a performer and especially in ahs has is oozes personality and because we're kind of I think they're trying to do that whiplash thing of you knew her as Madison Montgomery. We're going to do the polar opposite now. It doesn't quite gel. And like you said, she doesn't really have to do anything. She's just kind of there sort of pretending, but not really wearing being... a hat. Yeah. <laughs> just kind of playing sidekick to Dr. St- Dr. Sylvester. And I'm like, okay, great. Good for you. Do, do you have any powers or something? You know what I mean? I'm like, what, what, are, you, what are you doing here? She's just hanging around. What she, she she's there for Evan Peter. She wants to get with Jimmy. Evan Jimmy is like the the little Lothario of the freak show. I love this for him. <laughs> it's like everybody's in love with Jimmy because he's so handsome and he wears jeans really? so well and he's such a nice person. Even has that he- great hat, that great uh, Marlon Brando hat. Yeah, and he does a thing where he like. Uh, turns up his sleeves in a way where you can also like hide a pack of cigarettes in the sleeve and yeah. I think that's a very unique talent that is a unique talent mm-hmm. that was a wild digression but I'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> you can cut all of that I'm eager to get to Edward Mordrake but before we do that we also need to talk about Dandy and his tantrum <laughs> <laughs> I love Dandy's character and how extreme he is in this scene and how much, like, how ridiculous he is and how much his mother panders to him. It's so unpleasant. There is nothing likable about him. And I just love Dora. Yes. Like... I mean, this is jumping to Cider slightly later on when he comes in with the knife and he's like, I'm going to kill you. Just, mm-hmm. just do it. Just honestly, just kill me now. I really, uh, mood. I I vibe with that energy. Yes. Um, just go on then. Murder me. <laughs> Murder me with that dull table knife that you have in your hand. Mm-hmm. Just go ahead and do it. 
shall we talk about Edward Mordrake now? Yes. <laughs> so we are told via the freaks deciding to close shop for Halloween uh, that they cannot perform on Halloween because the legend goes that Edward Mordrake's spirit will come and uh, like audition them to take one of them to hell with him. But we also find out all about Ed- Edward, the legend of Edward Mordrake. So let's, I'm just going to cue you, Clarice, and talk, talk to me about Edward Mordrake. Okay, so it's the 19th century. Mm-hmm. Edward Mordrake, he is a British peerage, <laughs> part of the British peerage. And he's born, and my God, he's such a gentleman. He writes operas, he plays the piano, he uh, speaks with a very posh accent, <laughs> but he wears a top hat. Love it. Chef's very kiss. But one little hang up. He's got a little tiny demon face on the other side of his head, and the demon face is rude. <laughs> rude as hell and it whispers little things to thing like you're an asshole i don't know mm-hmm. <laughs> your plays suck edward Mordrake. yep <laughs> so uh he goes to the asylum he says let me go to the asylum well no first he tries to drown the little face mm-hmm. the little face says uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Then he goes to the asylum. I guess he thinks therapy will make the face shut up. The face goes, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> So then he joins the freak show and he's like, let me make some fat wads of cash off of this little demon face. And the demon face is like, yeah, I'm into it. <laughs> um, but... Like, I guess Edward Drake gets jealous of all the attention that the little demon face is getting, mm-hmm. so he gets very sad and uh, kills himself. So it's a bit of a sad ending to that story. But um, because of ghost logic, <laughs> now every time that a freak performs on Halloween, I, we don't know what the connection with Halloween is, because did he die on Halloween? He just loves Halloween. It is not explained. (laughs) It's just dramatic. It's just dramatic. It's a dramatic night. He loves Halloween. (laughs) And anytime a freak performs on Halloween, uh, Scooby-Doo Green Mist (laughs) comes out of nowhere. (laughs) Smoke machine pumping for the 19th century. He emerges. He interviews every freak. (laughs) Like it's a fucking job interview. And what I love is okay, so he goes to he goes to talk to um Kathy Bates and Ethel, she's telling yeah. her Ethel, sorry. <laughs> he goes to talk to Ethel and she's telling a very, very sad story that we can get into in a moment. But it keeps coming back to him and he's got the face of like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, that is pretty fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> it just like <laughs> He's the just- he's the freak show therapist. He's just sitting there listening to this. And yeah. At the end, it's like, wow, I might have a little tiny demon face in the back of my head, but wow, that's real fucked up what you did. <laughs> it's, yeah, and he just, he's just listening. To, he's just, 
But also, he's not just listening, is he? He's also judging them because he's like, mm hmm, mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, no, he's not judging them. The demon little face. The demon is, face is doing it. But, he, but <laughs> between him and the little demon face, they're like, is this fucked up enough for me? I also love that, like, Edwin Mordrake, Edwin Mordrake, he's such a general, he's like, you know, he's a feminist ally because. <laughs> <laughs> He comes in and the little demon face is being so rude. We don't uh-huh. know. We don't hear what it's saying, but probably something really rude. Yeah. And he keeps telling it to be quiet. Be quiet. <laughs> the visage is unrelenting. I love his accent. Can I ask you? Yes. I kind of I feel like I know the answer to this, but I want to I I ask you. Have you given the little demon face a name? No, but I can. <laughs> I feel like it. I feel like it needs a name. Um. Oh, wait. So he's called Edward Mordrake, Edward Mordrake, and uh, Pugsy. <laughs> <laughs> Pugsy, the little demon face. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Um. Okay. Pugsy did I tell the whole story? <laughs> <laughs> you really I- did just really i love edward mordrake i love his whole shtick his accent his top hat his sideburns the fact it's wes bentley (laughs) (laughs) the fact that wes bentley's like i don't know what i'm doing but sure (laughs) i'll do whatever this is i don't know the fact that his accent like shifts at least four times throughout the whole episode and like it's not an English accent. I don't no, know what not. it is. It's just really bizarre. It's like the of freakish companions. Oh, he's like <laughs> he a everything's so weird. He's like a dandy soft boy, and it's like I don't, I can't tell what accent he's going for. I can see what he's maybe trying, but I don't think anyone ever told him that on set. They were like, "Oh, Wes, you're so pretty." <laughs> he's like. He would be he's he would be the the catch of like a horror maze. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'd be like the catch of a <gasps> horror maze. Okay, you know you know what it made me think of? Okay, this is a very specific moment in time. We're we're like we're kind of like the same age. I don't know if we were the same into the same music when we were teenagers, but I was very into emo. And like punk music and stuff like that. And I remember a very specific like two years in the mid late 2000s where all the emo slash pop punk slash punkish punk adjacent bands all went for the same aesthetic. And it was all like circus traveling freak show related aesthetics and it was all the lead front men who were always wearing the top hat and they were always wearing some sort of like weird semi-gothy not really gothy makeup a lot of it was a clockwork orange related and i kind of get the vibe from this episode and edward mordrake that he's like the lead singer of a panic at the disco ripoff band (laughs) (laughs) yes yes i was i was not actually into emo music but i was aware of it (laughs) (laughs) okay i'm not i i know my taste was no better i was just very into interpol 
Oh, um, yeah. Who remained my favorite band. And they went on to work with David Lynch. So that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> well, yeah, I used to, for I think for one brief moment, I unironically liked one song by 30 Seconds to Mars, which was Jared Leto's band. Fuck, it still exists. And they had a terrible video that was like a mixture of A Clockwork Orange and The Shining. And it's the most cringiest oh video I've ever seen. And it's so bad. And it's very much this vibe. Edward Mordrake. <laughs> Edward Mordrake vibe, yeah. <laughs> you, you're right, though. You're right. It's 100%. Actually, Fallout Boy. <laughs> can we change Pugsy's name to Jared? I think, like, Jared is a really demonic name. <laughs> Jared. <laughs> yes, he can be called Jared. I really hate Jared Leto. Jared. <laughs> Somehow, Jared without. Like I always, you'd always name him Jared Leto. Just Jared on its own suddenly changes everything. <laughs> Jared. Oh, so. Jared the demonic half face. Jared the little demon face. <laughs> um, is there is there anything else from the episode that we need to discuss before we move on to our categories? I realize that this is a two parter, so. There's still a ton of stuff to come in the story in the second part. I guess there's two little things. Mm -hmm. A child gets kidnapped, or a teenage, because he's a teenage boy. A teenage boy gets kidnapped mm -hmm. by um, Twisty. That happens. <laughs> and uh, Ethel's story is that when she gave birth to Jimmy, they like did a like a performance and sold tickets so that's her greatest shame um and edward mordrake is like yeah it's pretty fucked up <laughs> but uh not fucked up enough feel free to go <laughs> and thirdly that elsa's the song that she performs is lana gods of monsters gods of monsters but with the swearing taken out. Yes. So she goes, oh, yeah. <laughs> with her crazy German accent. Um, it's really funny to me. <laughs> it's such a good cover. It's really good. It's a, it's a great cover. I just don't know why they took the fucks out. Because it's an American horror story. Let's move on to our categories. What was your top quote of the episode? My favorite quote is when... Dandy says curfews are for poor people. <laughs> what does that even mean? I he ain't wrong. He's like rules only apply to poor people. Well, we should have said that then, <laughs> not well. specifically just just curfews. Curfews are for poor people. It's very dandy. It seems like something that would have been in the sim in the simple life. <laughs> I mean, dandy would have been in the simple life. Dandy would have been in this. I want a spinoff. <laughs> but it's Dandy Mart. He's going to do random jobs, but he murders the person at the end. Of it. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to go milk a cow. I'm going to kill the farmer. <laughs> Oh, That's hot. That. <laughs> anyway, my favorite quote is from um, Stanley. Is his name Stanley? His name is not Stanley. My favorite quote is from Sylvester when he is 
about to sleep with a sex worker and he just goes i've never done it with a viking before i mean who has <laughs> well anyone who's ever slept with a scars guard that's all i'm gonna say true that's true although are they still vikings who still gets to be a viking i don't know but i would like to find out thank you for science for science <laughs> research it's called research <laughs> and on that note what is the bobo boner word for horniest moment in this episode oh the viking scene. <laughs> i'd like to specifically point out not just the viking scene but the point where the sex worker like takes off sylvester's pants and he just goes what the fuck or like, oh, 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 oh. I was like, okay. The I implication see. is that yeah. the penis is unusually large. Right? Yes, that's also what I got. <laughs> <laughs> and what about your favorite category, Big Feels for Big Drama? I think we've discussed it before, but I mm -hmm. think Ethel's speech to the doctor yes. is just a really like fine piece of acting from Kathy Bates and also the reason I like Freak Show so much is because of moments like that where the this incredible cast just get to be great at their job and I think because you pointed it out I think in the first episode the fact that Freak Show is about real people like they're not supernatural creatures they're real people and the way that they've been treated by people around them is also very uh, very inhuman and very relatable to anyone you don't necessarily need to be you know uh, a circus performer in the 1950s mm. and what about Paulson v. Paulson which Paulson wins the episode they don't really do much in this episode yeah they don't I'm kind of inclined towards Beth just because she's always She's always just like slightly more switched on. Yeah. And then I did neither neither wins this episode because they didn't get to sing their song. <laughs> they were gonna sing their song and then Elsa strode in mm -hmm. and was like, "No, I gotta sing Lana Del Rey." <laughs> but the the oh, it's because Esmeralda tells her that like a hot, dark, mysterious man was gonna turn up, and then she sees. A Victorian gentleman emerge out of green smoke and doesn't think twice about it. <laughs> I mean, this guy. <laughs> understandable. Just gonna say that. I get it. I understand, Elsa. Did you pick up on any cinematic references this week? Yes. Mm -hmm. When there's a scene where there's kids trick or treating. Mm hmm. And the little girl is talking about how scared a clown she is. Relatable. Mm hmm. Um, Twisty is just around in a very Michael Myers-esque way, just mm -hmm. like standing behind a bush, <laughs> standing slightly behind a tree, you know, doing, doing, just doing Halloween, Halloween-esque yeah. things. Yes, very true. And what about any insensitive historical references this week? Edward Bordrake, yes. <laughs> who uh, probably didn't exist. Well, a... 
I'm yeah. sorry because I know that I confused you because I thought for because of TikTok <laughs> that he was a real person and then I I googled no he's not oh my god TikTok wrong about something <laughs> factually incorrect about history I'm shocked no <laughs> <laughs> um, but I did look it up and while the references to it do make it seem like it's complete nonsense um they did say that the real medical condition that an edward moore drake type person could have had was a a craniopagus parasiticus which is a parasitic twin head with an undeveloped underdeveloped body is that what i wrote <laughs> i'm guessing body mm-hmm. so it is pl- so that's the thing it is is plausible and like medically possible that edward mordrake could have existed mm-hmm. um and the story is quite similar to american horror story minus the coming to freak shows and murdering people <laughs> part of it but um he was apparently a very accomplished gentleman who had this this face on the back of his head that um, would only speak about hell. So that's an American horror story. Um, although in the story, it, it's the face was supposedly female and yes. it couldn't see, eat or speak, mm-hmm. but it would sneer when he was happy and smile while he was weeping. Relatable. Rude. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, and he apparently had remarkable, remarkable grace to him, and was said to have had the face of Antinous, who is the famous Greek youth uh, model of beauty. So Wes Bentley, you know, be pretty flattered getting cast in that role. It's quite a high compliment. I mean, he's real pretty. He's not Matt Bomer, but he's he's pretty enough on the Matt Bomer scale of male beauty. <laughs> That boba scale of male beauty. <laughs> what is that not patented yet? <laughs> I want to know what that is. <laughs> well, it's like how attractive are you? This only applies to men. How attractive are you from one bomer to full mad bomer? <laughs> he's just at the top. <laughs> well, he's beyond the top because no one could ever yeah, have the the full mad bomer ness. True. So he's like an 11 at all times, but then the Mad Bomber scale only goes to 10 because he's always at 11. I'm not going to ask who's at the bottom because that, that would be very rude. That would be extremely rude. I could never. <laughs> tell me tell me when we stop recording. <laughs> I will. This, this might be an actual scale that I've like painted in my house on a wall and whatever. And I've, never mind. <laughs> I mean, I sent you. Oh my god, this is another. I so I've I've sent this TikTok to Anna. It's a TikTok where these girls have on their wall just the full wall (laughs) is framed photos of hot celebrity men, and they're taking somebody off. Let's not get into who Mm -hmm. it is, (laughs) but they're taking somebody off. And there's a big speech and they're like, let us go fetch Harrison Ford. And they walk across the room to Harrison <laughs> Ford is just on a side table. Don't know why he wasn't allowed on the wall before. Man. And they go and they put him on the wall. But it's the entire wall. There's like th- t- at least 20 pictures, 30 pictures on that wall. 
Who that, does that? I mean, that's kind of what I'm working towards for the bathroom. <laughs> to round it off, who would you say is the MVP of the episode? Edward Mordrake. I mean, like... <laughs> He's got a little demon head, but this is his day. Just let it be his day. It is his day. There's no other way around it. I'm going to say Edward Mordrake as well. So I think we've covered everything for this week. And what can we expect from the next episode? Well, in the next episode, we are getting more Edward Mordrake. (laughs) Hold up. Get ready. Strap in. Boot up the modem. Because <laughs> uh, he's going to do some more therapy. <laughs> and he's going to go talk to some more people at the freak show. And do a lot more nodding. <laughs> and a lot more, hmm. Like, and Wes Bentley's really going to flex his, his eyebrow acting in the next episode. <laughs> as he he frowns sympathetically <laughs> a lot. <laughs> he frowns very well. He does frown well. I would I would not be opposed to Edward Mordrick therapy. <laughs> um yes. <laughs> I don't know if I want to deal with the little demon head. Yeah, no, fuck Jared. No, yeah. no interest in Jared the little demon you head. You just want therapy from Wes Bentley, right? <laughs> no, but Wes Bentley as Edward Mordrick with the weird accent and the sympathetic nodding okay. and the top hat and the Scooby Doo green mist. That's what I would like. So you would pay Wes Bentley to put on a top hat, come to your house, and speak in this accent. (laughs) I mean, I wouldn't pay him (laughs) to do that. Well, he's going to want compensation. He's not going to do it for free. Well, why is he coming to my house for therapy then? Oh, I'm sorry. You have to to go on the bus. You have to go to Canary Wharf, <laughs> the the third floor of Canada One. Do you, think- you buzz into the office? You go. I'm here for Wes Bentley. <laughs> like this way, and he's in the office already dressed as Edward Mordrake. There's a smoke machine, some green lights. <laughs> the green smoke is the most important bit. Yes, I think that's what I would be paying for, really. You just buy a smoke machine <laughs> to, to pay for Wes Bentley to come in. <laughs> but if I don't, I don't get the, the accent and the empathetic nodding. I'll do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it for free because you're my friend. <laughs> Terrible tale, you have told. <laughs> I have much sympathy for you. <laughs> Edward Mordrake. When can we expect the next episode? <laughs> Never. We're done. <laughs> we're packing it up. This can't go on any longer. <laughs> we will be back next Wednesday with a recap of American Horror Story Freak Show. In the meantime, send us your thoughts on Twitter. Follow us on at the Next Supremes Pod. Also, I'm on at Clarice Lou. <laughs> I would have to be demented. And it be demented. <laughs> Such a wonderful Twitter handle. I'm, I'm officially petitioning this podcast to be just rename the Edward Mordrick 
Chris Pratt podcast. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go on TikTok now and check for Edward Mordrake <laughs> fan cams. <laughs> I'm sure there are some. <laughs> Where it's cuts of Savage. It's just it. No, I want it to be cut to like Hood Baby. That's my, that's my favorite TikTok song. Yay! <laughs>